Welcome to the Bethel Podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your day to spend time in God's Word. We hope that today's message blesses you and lifts you. The day after Christmas. The day after Christmas. Sometimes as soon as Christmas is over, we stop preaching about it, but I believe this, that that Christmas doesn't stop just on December 25th because God has something else he needs to do today, the day after Christmas. So let's pray. Father, thank you again for the opportunity to preach, the opportunity to come to God's house, the opportunity to worship and praise uh, the name of Jesus. It's a privilege. It's an honor whenever we do it. God, whenever we get to gather together, the time that we spend is so precious. So we ask for your anointing. We ask for your help from the Holy Spirit. We pray that Jesus will be lifted up in our midst, and this will be a valuable time, and we'll make wise use of it. So we praise you for the opportunity again. Pray our hearts will be ready to receive what you have for us. God, our minds be made up. God, that you're going to speak to us today, and we're not going to leave until you do. So we love you for all that in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 2, if I can begin in verse number 1. I'd like to read to you today about the, the, the wise men. The wise men of the, of the Bible, that a couple of misnomers that we'll talk about, but if I could just read you the story first, and then I want to talk to you a little bit about what the wise men says to us. At first in chapter 1, chapter 2 of Matthew, verse 1, it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. They asked, Where's the one who's been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. King Herod heard this, and he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem and in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. Verse 6 says, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be a shepherd of my people Israel. And Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. And as soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. And after they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. And they bowed down and worshiped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and incense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. If I can talk to you today about what the Magi teach us, there are three simple points, but I think they'll help us because it'll also help us to understand some Bible uh, history that maybe has been just a little bit misaligned, if you will. There's some misnomers about the three Magi. The The first misnomer is that they were kings. The Bible doesn't say they were kings. It says they were magi or wise men. And more specifically, there are people that had seen the stars and they believe that the science of the stars helped them to see the divinity of God and messages from God in them. So they they were what we would be called religious scientists today. They were men of faith, men of religion, but they were all men of science. And today they say you you can't combine the two, science and faith, but I believe you can. Because the God of science is the God of the universe, is the God of faith. It also says that there were three. It doesn't tell us that there were three. The Bible doesn't tell us there were three. History, the people say today when they sing the song, they say there were three, but there weren't three. It just says there were magi. 
I guess it was three because there were three gifts, gold, myrrh, and frankincense, so they may, may have assumed there were three men, one with each gift. They were not from the Orient. Sing the song with me. We three kings of Orient are. So there weren't three of them. They weren't kings. They weren't from the Orient. And in this particular passage here, they weren't at a manger. How many know when we do the Christmas story, you have the shepherds that come in, you have Mary and Joseph there, you have the angel there, then you have the three kings come in as well, but the Bible doesn't say that. They had gone to his house, as we'll read here in just what we just read, they went to the house of Jesus, so they were not there in the manger on the night he was born. So for some of you, I just ruined that Christmas songs, We Three Kings of Orient Are which is good, which is I like doing little exercises like this because it reminds us to read the Bible and to do what it says, to read it for what it is and do what it says to do. Something powerful happens when we look at the Bible and read it just for what it says. Lots of times you can add to it, you can take away from it, you can kind of add your own ideas about it, but I'm just here to tell you that when we read the Bible just like it was written and do just what it says, it always will always bring benefit to our life. It's important to read the Bible. I heard people say this my whole life. Old Joe, he never goes to church, but he knows the Bible better than most Christians. I think that's a lie. Because if old Joe knew the Bible, he'd be in church. He'd be born again and living for God. But there's some things that the Magi teach us today in just three quick points. First of all, it teaches that Jesus wasn't just a Jewish phenomenon. He wasn't just somebody that was born in a, in a little hillside town in, in a small country of the world called Israel. His, his purpose was not just to come there and stir those people and lead those people. His purpose was to come and save all of the world from their sins. All of the world needs to know Jesus. All of the world needs to know who Christ is. At the end of the day, can I tell you that Muhammad will bow his knee to this one Jesus. Buddha will bow his knee to this one Jesus. Obama, every president, every king, every person throughout history will bow their knee to Jesus because he is king of kings and he is lord of lords. This Jesus was not a Jewish phenomenon. He was a whole world phenomenon. He came for the whole world might be saved because God desires that none should be lost, but that all should come to repentance. Don't ever think that the Magi just came was just representation of the Jewish life because they were Gentiles. And even the Gentiles know a king when they see one. So it teaches us that. He came for the world. And secondly, today he came, he was born, he was born in his life so that he might die. Jesus came that he would die. Six different times in the Bible, there, there was a, a, a contract out on Jesus' life. Look at Matthew chapter 2, look at verse number 3. Even from the beginning of time, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed in all Jerusalem with him. We had called together all the people's chiefs, priests, and teachers of the law. He asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem and Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet said. See, we understand Herod was not really interested in finding out where Jesus was. He was interested in killing Jesus. As we later find, later read out that he had all the two-year-old baby boys and under killed. So we see that Jesus came and that was his purpose in life. That was his challenge in life. That was his cross to bear is that he was to die, to live his life so that he could die. Anybody know what a cross is today? Anybody know what a challenge is today? Matthew says it like this, whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Does that mean I have to carry a Roman cross on my back and have to die the death that Jesus died? Not necessarily, but it does mean there's going to be some challenges in life that you're going to have to face. There's going to be some things in life that are not going to go your way. 
And God's calling you to serve him in spite of those challenges and those obstacles. It's that burden that you don't want to carry, but for some reason God hadn't taken it away from you. It's that thing that can either be an excuse or it can be something that you can embrace. It's that thing in your life that that you just can't always see. God never seems to take away. You have a spouse that won't love you or your career you don't really necessarily like. Those feelings that you're not good enough, that thing from the past, you always feel like you're second place. It's that besetting sin that you hate that you do, but you can't ever seem to get over it. For some reason, God hasn't taken it away. But let me tell you, my friends, sometimes God allows things in our life. He doesn't take them away because they're the very thing that causes our faith to grow, our faith to develop. You ever sharpened a knife? If you've ever sharpened a knife, you know there's something called a knife sharpener. And you take the knife sharpener, and it's, it's rough. It's got ridges. It's, it's very coarse. And you take that rough and coarse metal, and you put it on the real shiny and, and real smooth metal called the knife. And as you put those things together, that knife becomes sharper as it's up against the rough and the coarse metal of the sharpener. Some things, it's the struggles of life that cause our life to be sharpened. Sometimes it's the tough things of life that God uses to bring glory to himself. Sometimes it's those things that God just doesn't seem to take away that's always sharpening and always, always developing us to make us into who God wants us to be. Don't ever be upset because you have to carry a cross. Don't ever be upset because the thing is we're better off that Jesus carried his cross. Maybe somewhere down the line, maybe somebody's watching your life and they've seen the struggles that you've been through. And maybe when they see your struggles, they think, you know what, if they can make it, I can make it. If they can go through that serving God, I can go through that serving God. If they can go through that relationship and serve Jesus, I can go through a relationship like that and serve Jesus. Don't ever think that the things that have happened in your past, the things that have happened that are horrible, that God didn't somehow use that to use it to sharpen us, to make us who he wants us to be. Don't ever give up. Do you hear me today? Don't ever give up. Hear me today. Doesn't matter what they, they, they did to you in the past, don't give up on God. Doesn't matter what they said about you, don't give up on God. Don't matter the bad choices that you made, don't give up on God. The thing about God is God always requires us to persist, to endure, to keep on keeping on. And we learn that in the life of Jesus who had to carry his own cross. God's got his reasons. Just trust him. Because the same reason that he had for Jesus to carry his cross is the same reason he has for you to have to carry yours. Amen? There's a lady named Fanny Crosby. may not mean anything to you, but when she was a little girl, the the nurse picked her up as she was born, and she was supposed to put drops in her eyes. She grabbed the wrong liquid, and she put acid in the eyes of Fanny Crosby. Of course, she went blind. She grew up, gave her life to Christ. She began to write music, songs. She wrote In her lifetime, she wrote 8,000 hymns, Christian hymns. She's known as 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 the mother of modern Christian hymnals. She wrote all different types of songs. She wrote this one. I'll just read it to you. It says, Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit and washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. A blind woman whose life was messed over by somebody who just wasn't paying attention wrote a song called Blessed Assurance. She said these words. She said, some of you feel sorry for me because I'm blind. I actually feel sorry for you because you've seen lots of things in your life, but the first thing I will ever see is the face of Jesus when I see him in heaven. She didn't get bitter. She got better. 
the knife, that sharpener, that, that thing, that cross she had to bear. She used it not just as a, as, a, as a step back, but as a stepping stone to be who God wanted her to be. It's what the Magi teaches today. Another thing the Magi teaches today is to never underestimate the obvious. Look at verse number nine. Never underestimate the obvious. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. The star, they'd followed the star from the east until it got to Jerusalem, Judea. And then once there, it stopped, and they didn't know where to go from there. So they went to King Herod. They began to ask around. And I guess they may have thought at some point, well, we didn't find him. Where is he from here? Where do we go from here? And I can see it in my mind. I can see it playing out. Three men getting together, four men getting together, a bunch of guys who are directionally challenged to begin with to kind of decide what to do next. And one of them probably said, I tell you what, let's just go knock on door to door. Ask anybody if they've seen or heard of a baby that was born. Maybe we can find it that way. Maybe another guy said something different. Maybe he said, I tell you what, you go that way, you go that way, you go that way, you go that way, and we'll meet back here in the middle until we find our, find our guy. But here's what happened, the Bible says. It says the star that they had followed had stopped, began to move again. Now, if you're a guy and you've been following a star for miles and miles and miles, and it begins to move again, what's the most obvious thing you could do? Follow the star. Hey, I tell you what, the star's moving. Let's follow the star. And the obvious sometimes with God is something that's so simple and so easy. When it comes to God, sometimes God makes it easy for us. So can I tell you something? The Magi teach us to never underestimate the obvious when it comes to God. When I, when I was deciding who I was going to marry, didn't have a whole lot of choices, but when I was deciding who I was going to marry, God had to make it painfully, not painfully, pleasantly obvious. God didn't say that right, did I? Pleasantly obvious who I was to marry. I mean, everywhere I went, he made it pleasantly obvious because everywhere I went, there she was. I'd walked into church, I'd late, be late, I'd sit on the back row. Guess who I sat right next to? Bam. I walked into Sunday school one day. Didn't, didn't ever, had ever gone to Sunday school, but they said you need to go to this particular class. I walk into that class, boom, there she is again. She's teaching this time. Go, matter of fact, go sit on, come back to church again, go sit in another place. Somebody taps me on the back of the shoulder. I turn around, guess who it is? It's her. It was her. Everywhere I went, there she was, and I loved the, her heart for God, her love for God, and, and I'd watch her worship, and, and wherever I'd sit in church, just my, my peripheral vision, I'd always be able to see right where she was, and she always had her hands raised, and I thought if there was ever, I told my mom, if there was ever anybody I was going to marry, it'd be somebody just like that. Now, here's the thing, because I, sometimes it takes me a while to catch on, because I just got cold feet when it came time to getting married. Because I just wasn't, I mean, do you ever really, really 100%, 100% without a shadow of a doubt know for sure? And I just kind of tried to talk myself out of it. But here's the thing. The Lord, when the Lord was so gracious, and I can say this, 26 years later, God made it so obvious that that was who he wanted me to do life with. And there are times when you make big decisions, listen to me. There's times you make big decisions and you love God. You're not a hypocrite. You love the Lord. You want to find his purpose and his plans. Can I tell you, he's not going to dangle your, your, the direction of your life like a carrot over a horse. Oh, go this way. No, 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 wait. Go this way and pull it away from you. He's going to make it so obvious, just like the, he did with the star, so that you can find the direction, the purpose God has for your life. Amen. Proverbs says it like this. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. That means that God's going to guide you and lead you where he wants you to go in this life. You say, well, I wanted to be a movie star. Well, you know what? You're not a movie star. It's not what God wants you to do. 
You say, well, I wanted to be a, a professional athlete. You know what? That's not what God wanted for you. That's not what God, when he made you and he designed you and he formed you, that's not what he wanted for you. Because if he did, that's where you'd be. He's got you right where he wants you to be. And lastly today, teaches us that where God guides, he provides. How many in here have ever paid a bill? How many in here have never paid a bill? How many with a bill would like to give your bill to somebody who's never paid one? I see those hands. In this life, the challenge has always been trying to provide a way to take care of needs, of your needs, your family's needs. And I like it because when I came across this in verse number 12, it opened up a couple of questions for me. In verse 12, it says that Joseph was warned in a dream not to go back to Herod. So they returned to their country by another, another route. And then when they'd gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and escape to Egypt until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Now, here's Joseph, and I'm sure he had a job in the town that he lived in. I'm sure he had a house. I'm sure he had, you know, uh, connections there. And so God says, Look, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go ahead right now. Not tomorrow, but right now, get your wife, your son, and leave. Go back, go down to Egypt. So that means he had to leave his house. He had to leave his job, his connections there, and go and flee for the life of, of Jesus. Now, if you're a man, here's what you just thought. He's got to get him another job. He's got to find a place to live. He's got to pay for the transportation costs. He's got to get deposits for his rent, his utilities. He's got to find all these things. And from what I understand, he was a, a carpenter. He probably didn't have a whole lot of money to do that with. How was he ever going to provide for his family when he had to leave all of a sudden? Go back and read. When the wise men came, when the Magi came, they brought gifts. The three gifts, say it with me, was gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Myrrh is an is a, is a oil that's used for makeup. Frankincense is an oil that's used for anointing oil. Of course, gold is a universal commodity. Right then and there, he had a, a resource to draw from that he could use to spend when he went to Egypt. Now, some would say, well, how much was all that stuff worth? How much was the gold worth? How much was it all? When you put it all together, how much did he have? I don't know how much it was, but I bet this, I bet it provided for every single need he had until the day he walked back into Israel. History tells us it was a year. From the time that he left to go down to Egypt, he stayed there one entire year. I bet there was enough resource in what he was, those gifts he was given to take care of him and his family for that entire year. That ought to get some of you pretty excited. That means God knows exactly what he's doing. God knows when it comes financially, God knows down to the penny how much you need to get that kid through college. He knows down to the penny how much you need to start that business. He knows how much money you need down to the penny to take care of all those miles you got to feed. Today, next week, next month, he's got it all figured out, and sometimes he may bring it to you from this magi from the east. He may give you overtime. He may rain it out of heaven, but God is the God who wherever he guides, he always provides. Matthew 2.11, when they opened their treasures... They presented to him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. You didn't know how you were going to pay for Christmas this year. Somehow God provided. You didn't know how you were going to buy groceries back in 08. Somehow God provided. You wanted to buy that house and you didn't have a down payment. You didn't know where you were going to get it. Somehow God provided. Am I, am I tapping on anybody's doorstep this morning? Anybody ever been there? You know what I'm talking about. See, I didn't have any prospects for a job, and all the resumes and all the, the, the applications I'd filled out, none of them came back. But just at the right time, God opened a door that I could have never opened. Just when I didn't have a church to preach at. Just when there was nobody that I thought ever wanted to hear me preach again. And all of a sudden, I just felt like I was just about ready to give up. You called. And thank God you paid, too. That was good. <laughs> but 
you call at the right time. Listen, my friend, I don't care what, what if, you're, if you're five, if you're 15, if you're 50, it doesn't matter. I promise you this. I, there's not many promises in life, but I can guarantee you this, that when you serve God, when you serve Jesus and you're faithful to him, my friend, wherever he guides you, he's always going to take care of you. You're not ever going to go without a, a meal. You're never going to go without a, a, a place to stay. You're never going to go without, without rent and utilities. Because God always provides to those he takes care of. Amen? This story of Jesus, I've never read a story like it. Uh, This man, Jesus, I've never met anybody like him. Nobody even comes close to writing anything like the life that he lived. And I think it's worth my time and your time to just spend a little bit of time talking to him today. I'm going to ask everybody to come today in just a moment. Come find a place to pray. As a church family, Some of you, you've had a tough year. You just need to come and tell God and say, thank you, God, that you got me through a tough year. Some of you, this year is going to be a tough one. God knows you, and you're going to need God's grace and God's help to get you through. Some of you last year, man, you just came through with flying colors. You're still riding the wave of last year. Some of you this year, you're going to ride a wave. But I don't know what lot of life that you have from, from last year to the next year, but I know this. The God, the, uh, the God of the Magi, the God of the Jesus, the God of me, uh, mine, God and your God is going to walk us down the road of whatever we have in 2022. Amen. Father, I love you today, and I thank you for the opportunity to gather around an altar and pray again in Jesus' name. I thank you that we have the privilege of connecting and thanking you for what you've done. And God, God looking forward to what you're going to do. God, it's going to take faith this year. It's going to take great faith to believe, God, that you're going to do what you need to do in 2022. And I pray for every person here, God, that they'll get their level of faith up, their expectation will rise because you're going to do something great. And I love you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it challenges you to dig deeper into the Word of God and grows your faith. If you would like to reach out to us, please visit our website at www.mybethel.net. Thank you.